Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings, episode number 293. Hope everybody had a great week out there. Well, you know, the Mets are playing a little bit better. No denying that. They're playing a little bit better. Still a long way to go. They got a big hill to climb, and and whether they can do it or not, I don't think so. And I think they're looking for 2018, as I am pleased to announce a trade. The Mets traded today first baseman Lucas Duda to the Tampa Bay Rays. For Drew Smith, a double-A pitcher, has good numbers, don't know a lot about him, but uh, was a third-round draft pick, so not too shabby third round. Not that bad. It's not great, but look, this is what you're going to get for what the Mets have at this point in time. So uh, Mets trade Lucas Duda, get Drew Smith, uh uh, prospect from the Tampa Bay Rays, and and I was a Lucas Duda fan. Anybody that's listening to this show, I always thought he was better than Ike Davis, and uh, turns out that he was. But now he's moving on to another team, probably do a lot of DHing in uh, Tampa Bay, as they do have Logan Morris in there playing first and DHing, and he's having a terrific year. So. Don't think he's going to put Duda in at first base over him. Maybe they will, but Logan Morrison is a pretty good infielder as well. So uh, we'll see what how that works out for the Rays. But uh, that's the first move. We expect Cabrera to be gone uh, before the trading deadline is up. No word whether uh, Dominic Smith will be called up. Jay Bruce, I believe, uh, is uh, penciled in, let's say, to play first base tonight and maybe playing the next couple of days until they decide to bring up Dominic Smith. They could use Wilma Flores there or TJ Rivera in the interim. Uh, wouldn't it be ironic, though, if, if Dom Smith made it up before Rosario? Uh, but Rosario should be up within a week, and, and I guess they're waiting now to get rid of Cabrera that's the only reason that uh, Rosario, it seems the only reason that Rosario is not here. So we'll see how this shakes out now. But Lucas Duda traded to Tampa Bay. That opens up first base for uh, Dominic Smith. Definitely next year. They could use. Uh, they also could use Neil Walker when he returns this week uh, as well. They could try playing him at first base, and we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see what Terry does and and what else Sandy Alderson uh, has up his sleeve, but it's good to see that he at least made a move, and and we'll see what the next moves are. Uh, Let's see. In Mets world, some of the the news of the moment, right-handed pitcher Zach Wheeler has been placed on a 10-day disabled list due to a stress reaction in his right arm. have no idea what that means, but uh, he's had a bunch of bumps uh, in the road since he came back this year, and 
struggling a little bit and I guess he's a slower healer than most and we'll see. Let's hope that you know, that he can come back from this some rest and he'll come back is good. Uh, he said that the bone was irritated, uh, not a fracture, but just irritated. The team is not yet given a timetable for when Wheeler could come back. Hmm. So we'll see. Uh, congratulations this week go out to Jose Reyes as he recorded the 500th stolen bases of his career when he swiped second during the eighth inning of Monday night's game against the Padres in San Diego. Immediately after the games, the team congratulated itself for defeating the Padres. Reyes unlocked second base and kept it as a souvenir. So uh, congratulations to Jose. Uh, look, guys, been through some of the... Um, some of the ringer and uh, a lot of it brought on by himself and coming out the other side and uh, really uh, wants to play here, wants to stay here. Uh, I'd consider signing him for next year at uh, a very reasonable contract if you can get him at a reasonable contract and keeping him around with the young Latin plays. He's very good with the young players. And look, if he decides to retire, you can always... Uh, I, I would grab him as a coach or a manager in one of the lower levels and let him work his way up through the system in that aspect and uh, see what he could do. I think he's very good with the Latin players and with the influx of the Dominican players and other Latin American countries, he would be very helpful to this Mets team, as would, I think, Bartolo Colon if he decides to retire. So maybe you have a couple of new coaches on the, uh, on the minor league level for the Mets uh, in the next few years. And right now we're about, uh, what, five days away, four days away from the trade deadline. Addison Reed is still being talked about. Though some people feel he may have been overused by Terry Collins, but other scouts uh, are still high on Addison Reed, and the Mets may try to bundle him with someone. Uh, rumor was they were going to try to bundle him with Duda, but now that Duda has been moved, that doesn't look like it's going to happen, of course. So they may try to bundle him with somebody else, maybe a Cabrera, maybe a Jay Bruce. Um, at this time, there seems to be no market for Jay Bruce, not much of a market. So maybe perhaps the Mets would be better off keeping him and try to sign him in the offseason. Though he's given every indication he wants to at least test the free waters, uh, the free agent waters. So whether or not uh, he would come back is anyone's guess, but they could make him an offer. They would have a uh, week, I believe it is, after after the World Series to try to sign him as a free agent. And after that, uh, then they he goes into the pool with everybody else, and, and anybody can talk to him. But they have total access to him after the World Series. And let's see if that uh, happens for Jay Bruce if they can't move him, I don't know. They have other guys with expiring contracts, Jerry Blevins as well, uh, you know, and um, I said Addison Reed, Jay Bruce, of course. So we'll see a, a Curtis Grandison. Now there is a market somewhat developing for Curtis Grandison, so that'll be worth watching too to see how that plays out as we go along.
And uh, the New York Post is reporting an article by Kevin Kernan that Ioannis Cespedes says he has to change his workout routine. That he did the wrong kind of routine, getting too strong. He needs to get more flexible, more agile, and getting better at baseball shape. Well, where have we heard that before? I've been yelling and screaming about that for the last months. I don't know how many months. And uh, I'm glad to see that Yoannis Cespedes is getting the message. And, and by the way, Noah Syndergaard came out and said his off-season workout was also wrong. So it, it's like both of them have, have uh, had a revelation here that the injuries that they're suffering was caused by their own workouts and the type of workouts that they did. And they are going to make an effort to fix it. And that's all you can ask. And hopefully uh, they'll learn their lesson and maybe they'll take a page out of Jacob DeGrom's book because Jacob has uh, uh, changed his workout routine in season and it seems to be paying dividends for him. Steven Matt says he's interested in trying it, but um, uh, I don't know if he did it this week, but Steven Matt was absolutely horrible again last night. Uh, shame to see, but that's the way it goes, you know. Uh, he's having a rough season this year, and maybe it's kind of a belated, uh, delayed sophomore jinx or whatever, but Matz is just really struggling. struggling. And, of course, he lost the uh, couple of months with the injury coming out of spring training. And uh, that that could have really set him back. Hasn't seemed to hurt Seth Lugo that much, but uh, who knows? Everybody is different. All right, um, let's see. One more piece of news. Chris Flexen, double-A pitcher, highly rated prospect is going to be on the mound tonight for the Amazons. And uh, this is going to be something exciting for this young man, 23 years old. He will make his Major League debut tonight in San Diego. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that this guy is the real deal and comes out. And wouldn't it be nice for him to come out and pitch a terrific game and, and beat the – and this is a good team to pitch against, um, even though they have some good hitters on this team, they have some home run power on this team. So he'll have to keep the ball down and in the ballpark. But uh, good luck tonight to Chris Flexen, 23-year-old, all the way up from AA Binghamton to pitch uh, tonight against the Padres for the New York Mets in his Major League debut. Exciting time for the young man. All right, let's take a break here and come back after these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life. 
True Baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And I'm back, and I'm joined now with the editor of Off Day Blog, a Seattle Mariner blog, and a host of the podcast of the same name, and he is Chase Davey. And Chase, thank you for coming on the show tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. You know, we got a, this is a big series for both of us, really, if you think about it. Now, I have to be honest with you, I don't know if it's just the American League or it's the Western Division, but we know so little about the Seattle Mariners and I was, you know, other than Robertson Cano and, uh, uh, but that's about it because, and Segura, of course, who played the national league, but I'm counting on you tonight to educate us all about the Seattle Mariners. So, all right, well, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, man, we don't even know that much about the Seattle Mariners over here in Seattle either. We've just been plagued by injuries all day you know since the start of the season before the start of the season you know it started with drew smiley going out after his wbc time and and then it just went downhill from there and so and injuries being a big part of the mets as well this year so it seems to be a trend and and, you know it's all across baseball and and I won't go on about that because the people that listen to this show regularly hear me complain. Uh, <laughs> I, I think these guys are just in too good a shape, but it's not the baseball shape. They're, they all want to be on Muscle Beach, and uh, it it's uh, not a good thing. Well, you know, injuries happen every single year in, in every sport, and it's not really anything you can avoid. But, you know, you, you would hope that these guys being professional athletes take a little bit better care of themselves obviously that's hasn't been the case exactly and uh, so the Mariners got off to that slow start a lot of with, with the injuries and uh, but they've seen to right of the ship they've been playing better baseball lately uh, w- what has brought about the uh, change uh, the hot streak if you will and uh, do they still oh, have I- a good shot oh man I wouldn't even know if I would call it a hot streak like <laughs> I mean, we've been winning. We've been hovering right around that 500 mark for for so long, and you know, every it seems like every time we get to it, we lose four in a row, and then we got to climb our way, fight our way back up. And so it's it's not so much as a hot streak as it you know as it is us being in inconsistently good. I guess I would call it. <laughs> but uh, a lot of it is honestly, it's thanks to our hitting. We have 
you know, this is some of the be- one of the best hitting rosters that the Mariners has seen in years. You know, you got Gamble and Segura up there. Gamble, a former Yankee, and Segura from the uh, from the Diamondbacks, and they're in the they're I think number two and four, or number two and five in the American League in hitting right now. So you know, you have those two up there at one and two, and then you got Cruz is is kind of been turning it on up there. Robinson Cano is is kind of having an off year. But he's been producing enough, and you know, from from there it just kind of goes on down the lineup. And most of the players that we have have been, when necessary, producing to get us up to that 500 point. All we need now is to sweep your uh, your Mets and move on past it. <laughs> now wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> we need to sweep to try to get in back into something here, you know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like both of us are, both teams are in a very interesting spot when it comes to the playoffs. You know, the Mariners currently sitting in at, at three and a half back of the wild card spot, and I don't think your Mets are too far out of that. Am I? Am I correct? Well, the wild card, we're nine games back, so we're okay. we're a good deal back. In uh, you're a lot closer. You're only three and a half back, and uh, we are. Let's see. Uh, Five games under five hundred, so you're you're closer to it than we are right now. But yeah, I mean, but if you, I mean, both both of us, both teams could go on a hot streak hypothetically and, and get right back yeah. in it. You know, we have what seven weeks left. Mm-hmm. Seven weeks is plenty of time for uh, a team to flounder up at the top of the wild card and and let you guys push through if if you guys are able to succeed, but. Yeah, you know, this this series is a big one because for both of us, I think it's time for us to start winning and winning consistently right now. And I, I think it's big also for the fact that the deadline is next week, the trading deadline, and, you know, teams have got to make a decision. The Mets are, uh, they, they you won't be seeing Lucas Duda. He got traded today. So. Oh, who did, did he go to the Yankees? I heard we were in contention for him. I wasn't, yeah. I just got off work. Uh, no, he went to the Tampa Bay Rays. To Tampa Bay? That's not what I was expecting at all. Yes, yes. Very uh, very strange. They were talking about Tampa Bay, and they were talking about a package with Addison Reed, and then it just turned out that it was just the, uh, Duda was the only one that went. So uh, you won't be facing him now. You'll be facing him as a Tampa Bay Ray. Should you have any games left with that division? I don't know. I don't think we do. Yeah, well, then you wouldn't have to worry about his bat. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still some other guys we can uh, put out there that may hurt you guys. So. I mean, you still got DeGrom out there. That's that's the matchup I'm worried about most, honestly. Yeah, DeGrom has uh, been pitching extremely well. He's red hot, and uh, it's. Uh, he, I guess he'll be pitching when Saturday or. He's going to be according to MLB right now. He's going to be pitching Saturday. And uh, Friday night is Montero against uh, Ariel Miranda. All right, tell us a little bit about him. Okay, Ariel Miranda. He is one of. Our youngest pitchers, uh, he's been in the league a couple of years. This is one of the first seasons that he's been kind of a, a full-time guy. He hopped on at the end of last season, didn't even make the roster at the beginning of the season this year, but opening day anyways. 
And and thanks to four starting pitchers being out on injury at one point on the Mariners roster, Miranda got the call up and he's really been doing good for us recently. Uh, I will tell you that he likes to give up the home run. So if the Mets are a home run team, you guys have a pretty good shot at him. But other than that, you know, he's got some good stuff. And, and if he's on, he is on. And very much a fly ball pitcher. Doesn't get a whole bunch of strikes out, but yeah, strikes out, strikeouts. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I I was listening to a Mariners game once, and the stat is a quarter of the hits that he gives up are home runs. So you have that to look forward to. Well, that, that's good. Uh, but depending <laughs> on who's left in our lineup by the time we get there, you know, uh, like I said, the trade deadline's coming. We could be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, very thin by the time we get there, but who knows? Um, will we see King Felix this weekend at all? No, but you will see what I'm going to argue is the better pitcher this year is James Paxton. James Paxton okay. is going to be pitching on Sunday against Seth Lugo, it looks like. All right. Paxton has a, uh, he's the big maple is his nickname, which first of all, Tell me what you think about the, he's Canadian. I'll <laughs> give you that much, all right? Well, so okay. like for initial reactions to facing the big maple as a nickname. <laughs> um well, it, it's definitely a different <laughs> nickname. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right, I'll tell I'll straight I'll tell you straight up. I don't like it at all. I think it's stupid. I it doesn't roll off the tongue easily. No, that the, doesn't. <laughs> the, the only thing it does have going for it is uh we have the, his last start. The Mariners supplied a maple tree to sec, to one of the sections in the outfield, and they're starting the maple grove. Okay. So, well, King Felix has his king's court when he pitches, and James Paxton now has his maple, maple grove. Maple grove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's run through that since uh, since we're on it right now. That's Sunday. James Paxton is ten and three with a two eight four ERA and one hundred and seventeen strikeouts. He's faced only one player on your in your rotation, and that's Jose Reyes, who's batting one for three against him. So he's going to be facing everybody for the first time, basically. And, and it, it, it's just amazing how we've heard so very little about the these guys. Well, Paxton has had struggles with injuries his entire career so far. I think he's 26 right now, if I remember correctly. But, you know, last year he's just had a whole bunch of freak accidents. He had a fingernail fall off last season that kept him out for a little while. He was out a little while this year, too, with an injury that uh, it was kind of like a freak thing. And But now that he's back, he's been, especially in his last start, he was dominant. He had like 10 strikeouts and I think one earned run. When Paxton is on, you he's he's a shutdown pitcher. He's honestly one of the best pitchers, in my opinion, anyways, in the league. Well, and uh, we'll be seeing him Sunday, and uh, Saturday's pitcher will be uh, who's going to go against the Grom? Ah, oh, man, that's Giovanni Gallardo. Oh, we're familiar with him. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> Can you hear the disappointment in my voice? I do, I do, but... Um, uh. So, 
for for you Mets listeners out there, Giovanni Gallardo started the season as the five man in the ro- uh, in our rotation. Did very poorly. We demoted him to the bullpen where he did all right. Uh, he was a good long man, you know, long reliever kind of guy. Came in when the game was uh, out of hand, or you know, in, in situations where we needed someone to go a couple of a couple of innings, and he did passable. And for some reason, we're starting him back in the starting rotation, and he's uh, terrible. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> So things are looking up for Saturday's game. <laughs> yeah, and that's Jacob Degrom too. So you guys are in luck there. I'm. I, I'll tell you right now. I'm fully expecting us to lose that game. Okay. So there goes your sweep. <laughs> yeah, there goes the sweep. Uh, the the Mariners pitchers are not good when it comes to star pitching. At, at least they're not good at the plate. When it comes to star pitching, so I, I get the sense that Degrom's going to come in and you know do what he does, like he's been doing the past couple of years, and uh, and you'll probably win like three or four to one, something like that. Well, we're hoping it's like ten to <laughs> one. So, <laughs> I mean, a win's a win. Come on, don't get greedy now. Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> now, uh, in the bullpen, how has the bullpen fared this year? Mariners bullpen, at least recently, is uh, has been lights out. They've been one of the best bullpens in the American League. So you know, as as long as we can limit you guys to a couple of runs, and our offense decides to show up this series, which you never know when it comes to the Mariners' offense. Uh, sometimes we score eight runs, and sometimes we score zero. But uh, but the bullpen has been has been pretty lights out as of like the last month or so, month and a half. One of the best in the American League. So even if you get to us early, you're gonna have to go through you know Pezos, who to be fair has been struggling recently. Uh, our, our closer Edwin Diaz, who pitched in the WBC beautifully, uh, and and yeah, you guys, I I'll, good luck. Good luck against our bullpen. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. And we just traded, actually. Now that I'm remembering it, we traded for... Uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? I'm terrible with names. Uh, we traded for somebody. Uh, you know, I've got the internet in front of me. I'm going to I'm gonna Google this right now. We traded for someone, and, and he had his debut and did pretty well. Okay. <laughs> and when you find his name out, let us... <laughs> No, but <laughs> uh, I forget myself to tell you the truth. There's been such movement going on in the last couple of days, and and uh, who can keep track? Dave, David Phelps. That's right. We picked up David Phelps from uh, Miami. Uh, Twenty seventeen MLB career stats. Hold on one second. We can go to baseball reference. Yeah, from Miami. Okay. Oh, so we know him too. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, being that it is a home game for Seattle when Mets are out there, there will be a DH in effect. Um, Good for you guys. Um, I don't know who we're going to use. We just traded the guy that we probably would (laughs) have used. But 
speaking of DHs, uh, you've got Nelson Cruz there, who looks by his numbers is having a pretty decent year. Not stand out by any means, but yeah, he's been passable. It's, it's it's decent. Twenty home runs, seventy-five RBIs, if I'm rating this right. Uh two seventy-five. And he had his picture taken with Joe West. So what more can you ask for? <laughs> hey, you know, anytime you've got an all-star, uh a couple of all-stars in this case, you know, be they uh substitutions or not, you know, you're doing a pretty good job as a uh, as a team. Uh, Nelson Cruz, I you know, last year he was that forty home run guy who always came in the clutch, and and this year he has been less of that. I think his strikeouts are up and his home runs are down. That's not uh, for a DH. You know, it's I've always my philosophy is you want to have a DH that that has a high on base percentage. You don't, he doesn't have to be jacking home runs left and right. He has to be able to get on base and with hits to advance everybody around. And, and that really hasn't been Cruz this year. Yeah, and very odd in a year where the home runs are flying out of the ballparks and his numbers are down. Yeah, and, you know, he's a really strong guy too. It it shocks me that his, his numbers are down as much as they are. I, I read something that he was the other day that he's been playing through injury and like he's like got some hamstring something that's been bothering all all year, so that probably plays a little bit of a factor. Yeah, probably true. He probably's not getting the drive off his legs that he he's gotten in the past, and you know <laughs> that'll that'll do it to you. I mean, you win a Cespedes numbers has been down. He's been battling leg injuries all year, and uh, a lot of it was brought on by his uh, off season workout program that uh, he was trying to deadlift or, or lift uh, or bench press or whatever whatever they called it, like 800 pounds of weights he was doing. And Damn. they thought it was going to make him stronger, and what it's done is made him more, I guess, muscle-bound, tighter, and, and he's been battling uh, hamstring and, and a quadricep for the last two years, so... Yeah, that's what happens when you put on too much muscle, though, is you're not, you know, you lose a lot of fl- flexibility, and that's that it. Works. And 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 Noah Syndergaard did the same thing. He put, uh, depending upon what you read or who reports it, he put on seventeen <laughs> pounds of muscle. But I I've also read that he didn't throw all winter. So how are you going to put that much weight on and then not throw? And then when you go to throw, everything's out of whack. And he tore a muscle, so you won't see him. Uh, he's starting to come back now, and and both those guys have said that they are going to change their off season programs. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> That's good for both of you. Yeah. Now behind the plate, you've got a a, a, a guy by the name of Zunino, uh, and uh, he's having a pretty decent year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a little bit of a surprise back there. Uh, Zanino is our star defensive catcher. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. He's great behind the plate. He will get to everything you, I would be surprised if you saw a pass ball, maybe a wild pitch, but I'd be surprised if you see a pass ball, this entire three game series, he's that good behind the plate. He, he gets to everything at the plate. He goes through streaks. Uh, he, he'll go on a hot streak. He just recently went on a hot streak of like, or uh, 
the month of the whole month of June, we called it Junino instead of Zunino, <laughs> uh, where he he hit like 11 home runs in the month of June, and his on base percentage was through the roof. And in the month of July, it, he kind of came crashing down. So, uh, me and my co-host have a bet where uh, I bet him an entire night of drinking on my dime if Zunino batted between uh, what was it? 228 or sorry 220 218 and 228 is how how we'd have to end the season in that batting range and he was at one point all the way up at like 280 through the month after the month of june and since then it's fallen back into that like 220 range wow. so he's come crashing down big time uh, <laughs> fingers crossed that he he fixes himself but zanino's a guy that likes to swing a lot and he likes to strike out a lot because of it. Well, maybe August, because he had the good June and the bad July, maybe August would be a good month. And I'm hoping so. We need him. And we'll be out of town August, so when August comes around. So that's even better. He can get <laughs> as hot as he wants to in in the month of August. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it, you know, 100%. I'll take it. Now we we've seen across baseball that uh, defense and base running hasn't been on the top of the list lately. How are the Mariners defensively? Uh, I can't complain at all. Uh, we've got uh, an outfield is probably the best part of our defense. You know, those guys we have uh, Dyson, Heredia, Gamel, uh, Mitch Haniger. We've got a lot of outfielders, and that's something we bring up on the Off Day podcast a lot is our, our plethora of outfield talent. And all those guys will get to everything that is physically possible to get to. Uh, at the plate, they're not they're, – they're, they're passable. I like Dyson. You know, you know, it's always nice when you guys have guys that are quick at the plate because they can beat out infield hits and they can steal bases. And it's just – good good baseball um, but our outfield's the best unit i'd say you know we've we got segura out there who the last week single-handedly prevented uh, uh a walk-off by i think we were playing the rangers he made three assists in infield assists with runners on third base to uh, prevent them from scoring and we ended up winning that game in the bottom of the 10th inning uh, Segura should have been an all-star. Surprised he wasn't. Seager out there is is not Gold Glove anymore by any standard, but he's passable. And you know you got Cruz over, or sorry, not Cruz, Robinson Cano over at first base. Or oh my God, it's been a long day. <laughs> a long day. Robinson Cano is playing second base. He's provides steady defense the whole way through. And uh, we got Danny Valencia over at first, who's basically your average first baseman who doesn't hit a whole bunch of home runs. Now, of course, you mentioned Robertson Cano. Cano got the huge contract to go out to uh, play for the Mariners. How how was that contract uh, accepted out there by the Mariner fans? And, and after a few years, how are they with it now? Are they happy with it? Do they think it was a big mistake? What's what's the feeling? It. To be honest, it's it's a lot of 50-50. Uh, a, a lot of the guys that I hang out with, uh, they he's not. I'll tell you, he's not earning his. It's it was two hundred and forty million dollars over ten years, 
I don't think he's earning his $24 million a year, personally. I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way. Uh, we'd like to see his production numbers up a little bit. But, you know, there are people that, on the flip side of the coin, they love Robinson Cano. And this in the first few years of this contract, every time he came up to plate at home in a clutch situation, the whole crowd would be on their feet cheering, you know, wanting him to get a hit because we paid this money. And more times than not, he would. This year hasn't really been the case. But, you know, overall, I'd say the contract was probably a, a, a good deal. And it's and how many more years is left on that contract? It's, uh, I don't know. It feels like we've had him for forever now. <laughs> I just, you know, at, at this point for me, it's it's like... I, I wouldn't mind to see him traded, but we don't have anybody to come up and replace him right now. He's got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six more years with the Mariners. He's signed through 2023. And with a contract that size, it's very, very tough to get rid of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to probably finish out his playing playing days in Seattle Uh He's going to retire. I assume he's probably going to retire before 40. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. But I feel like a lot more teams are willing to spend more money. And if they want an aging Robinson Cano to play second base, then maybe they'll buy him. Who knows? Who knows? I think if you're going to trade him, now is probably going to be the year, though. Right, right. And speaking of trades, do you? Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about a trade. Do you think the Mariners will do have any other moves? Are they rumored to to be in the hunt for anybody else? Uh, you know, until now, until uh, the thirty first. Uh, Trader Jerry, Jerry Depoto, <laughs> our GM, TJ, as we call him affectionately over in Seattle. Uh, he's he's always thinking about trades, and I think he's well. He's made two moves in the past week. We got uh, Marco Gonzalez and David Phelps, both relievers, one from um, Miami, the other from St. Louis. We traded prospects for uh, uh, Gonzalez, who's another prospect coming out of the Phillies organization. But I imagine we're going to be sell or we're going to be buyers at the at the deadline we still need desperately starting pitching like i said earlier our bullpen is on point and uh our our offense has been more or less good i guess i'd say but our starting pitching is the worst part of those three and you know we've got giovanni gallardo out there who (laughs) gives up hits like they're candy it's ridiculous so so I can't imagine us going out for, uh, you know, waiting until keeping the roster the way it is. We've been in talks with the Giants. Apparently, I've heard Samarja's on the table along with a couple of other people from uh, the, well, the Giants, the Padres, etc. So we're, we're looking for starting pitching. I'd be surprised if a deal isn't done in the next couple of days. I'm, I, I know for a fact that DePoto is looking for one. Well, it's an exciting time in the baseball season. Uh, 
and not only because the Mets are playing interleague against Seattle, but also with the trade deadline looming, and it's a, I'm sure there's a lot of players uh, on uh, on pins and needles right now, waiting to see if they're going to stay or they're going to go and where they're going to go. So uh, it should be an interesting weekend. And uh, uh, now's the time in the show you can go uh, plug whatever you like to plug. Ah, uh, well, you know, of course, I've always got to plug my podcast. The, the Off Day Podcast. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash Off Day Podcast. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. I, I doubt I'm listening to any, or any Mariners fans are listening, but if you are, um, go ahead and, and, and like us. I'd also like to shout out uh, Kyle Kuhn, my co-host, the dude who's always smarter than me, <laughs> and, uh, and my mom. There we go. All right, you, just like the football players, you got to get the mom in. <laughs> of course, always. Well, Chase, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It was good. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I'll be back right after these messages. Check us out at MetsMusings.com and find the Mets Musings podcast on Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, Flipboard, and at baseballpodcasts.net. That's baseballpodcasts with an S.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on baseballtalkradio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's baseballtalkradio.com. With us, we'll help you get a Ph.D. in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. And check out BaseballTalkRadio.com and get the Baseball Ph.D. there, as well as this show and uh, the Baseball Talk Radio show that I co-host with my good friend Rich Baxter who is also the host of uh, Phillies Talk. So you can check all of them out at BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows. All right, uh, before we go, we've got a, a voicemail this evening. So uh, let's get to it from Jerry on Long Island. And uh, Jerry, take it away. Hey, Gary, this is Jerry from Long Island. Um, going with a suggested trade, uh Reed and Duda to Tampa for prospects, and perhaps the Mets like pick them up, Reed up, uh, resign Reed like after the season as a free agent. What do you think of that? Okay, thank you. All right, well, Jerry, uh, uh, thanks for the voicemail, and I guess we're a little late now because uh, half of that deal was made. Uh, Duda was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays for a prospect. Addison Reed is still a Met. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, there is some that feel that Addison Reed has been overused by Terry Collins. Others uh, still like your stuff and like him, so uh, we'll say give him a couple of days off and he'll probably be good as new. But uh, thanks again for the call, Jerry. And uh, uh, as far as uh, you mentioned about Reed, uh, signing Reed again at after the end of the year, that's a possibility. Uh, Yankees did it last year with Chapman. Uh, who knows? Will they have the money to uh, afford him back 
Will they break somebody in this year to uh, be the uh, setup man for Familiar? Don't forget, Familiar will be back next year. Hopefully, he'll he'll make an appearance this year sometime. And they'll need really an eighth inning guy, and that guy could be sitting in the bullpen now. It could be a Seawall, could be a Robles, uh, could be uh, Blevins if they decide to re-sign him. Who knows? And if they don't trade uh, Blevins in the next week or so. Uh, but uh, could be any number of guys. But uh, I'm sure they'll look at it in the offseason and see where they are. This will be an audition for everybody in the bullpen, especially if they trade Reed. If they trade Reed, they're going to need somebody to close the games. Uh, my guess it'll be Blevins or maybe a committee. Uh, they'll try Blevins. They'll try Robles. They'll try Seawall. Uh, they, they might even try Tyler Pill. Uh, we'll have to see how that is going to play itself out in the next uh, uh, rest of the season as we go along. But um, these guys, they're going to have an opportunity. And and look, with these trades, uh, with this trade so far, and we know, uh, we know Rosario's coming up. I would imagine Dominic Smith will be up to replace Duda. These guys have a golden opportunity. This team is not that far away from being a good team. And, and the key is they have the the pitching staff. They, they don't have a healthy pitching staff right now. But with a healthy pitching staff, you know, they've got that backbone of, of a good organization, of a good team. And uh, they just got to get these guys healthy and out on the field. And these guys will have an opportunity, the young guys, to prove that they should be on this team and can take this team to the next level along with the pitching. So they're not that far off. They have, you know, experience. Even even Conforto now, he's a young guy, but the experience he's gotten over the last three years in, in 15 and and even the, the tribulations and trials he had last year uh, and and having a good year this year coming back and and really you know showing what he can do it it, it bodes well he has uh, the uh, the experience now under his belt he's gonna be one of those young veterans and if you keep a guy like Reyes around to work with Rosario and to a certain extent Smith, and you'll have other guys that can, you know, work with Smith and and take him under his wing. And um, you have Cespedes there. Cespedes is a good. Uh, he will be. Uh, he's got lots of experience and playoff experience, so he'll be there. Hopefully, he'll be healthier next year. So I, I know we're looking ahead to next year, but uh, that seems to be the way that we're going to have to look from now on. And see what they can put together. But this is a big opportunity for these guys now. And they have to grab the bull by the horn and prove that they can do it. And even right down to a Wilma Flores and a TJ Rivera and uh, whoever else that they may bring up, these young guys, Tyler Pill, uh, Seth Lugo's got to show he can still, you know, he can be as good as he was or nearly as good as he was last year. And even to a certain extent, Steven Matz, whose who stock is falling quite a bit with these last outings. Now we know he's got great stuff. We know he's got the potential. 
but with him, he's got to stay healthy. And and now it may be mechanics, it may be uh, it may be in his head. Who knows? But um, they have to do something along those. They got to get him straightened out as well. Um, we'll see what Chris Flexen does in his debut. Could he be another arm to look for in the future? Um, a, a lot of hope, I think. And but you know, we had a lot of hope going into this season. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but again golden opportunities these guys and they really have to take advantage of the situation and that's going to wrap it up for this week's show i hope you all uh, tune in next week again when we have another uh, hopefully another guest and another episode of uh, of mets music so tune in then and thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again the next week and remember to faith, stay optimistic, and let's go, man.